What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yam Bar Podcast. My name is Brian Barcelo, host of this episode. Today's guest, <laughs> truly amazing. I mean, literally, too. A metal, horror, rock superstar, and a comic book superhero. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, one, the only amazing demon boy. Hey, what's up, DB? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, Brian, it's great to be here on Yambar Podcast. I mean, uh, we were just talking a little bit before, and I am just all rocked out and ready to go for this show. Wow. Hey, you know what? Um, let's get to it, because I know you're a busy, man. A million and one things to do. So let's get right to it. We're going to start off with a fan question and stuff. Yeah. Um, they noticed the person I was speaking with. They noticed, like, whenever we read press about you, the name Alice Cooper comes up. You're probably tired of it, but you can't <laughs> help it. You know, you can't help make that connection. So the question they have, um, the comparison, um, you think is justifiable? And um, if there are similarities between you and Alice, where do those similarities begin and where do they end? <laughs> it's a great question. Okay, so when I um, created and designed um, the character Demon Boy, um, at that time, there was a lot of uh, the rock, the spectacle and rock and the big shows. There wasn't much of that around. Alice Cooper was, is always the, the biggest. And people call him the grandfather of glam or uh, the, the face-painted type of rock. And I gravitated towards that, but I, and I said, well, I would like to do something similar to what Alice is doing without crossing that line where people say, well, this guy's just trying to be an Alice Cooper wannabe. So I wanted to make sure that my character was similar to where the people that liked him would like me as well, but never say I was a copycat. And I think that I've accomplished that. So um, the question is a very good question. And I believe that while Alice is his character, that Demon Boy is another character. And I believe it's a linear thing. I don't believe that I'm following him. I'm not trying to follow him. I, do, I, I use him as a reference for sure, and he's a, a great influence on me, of course. But um, I was very smart to avoid... Um, copying anything he did again, so I wouldn't hear any comments from people saying, "Oh, you're just trying to be Alice." Hmm. So they said, "Um, what did they say? Um, creative minds or something, think alike or something. Genius minds think alike. I forgot how that term goes. Because there are people who could be, um, you know, across the pond, so to speak, and come up with an idea, and then somebody on the other side will come up with an idea similar to. But yeah, exactly. I get it. Now, um, thank you. Let's move on to that next one." get these other fan questions out of the way and stuff because I know I've got a whole bunch of other things we want to touch on. <laughs> now, this is kind of like a which came first, the chicken or the egg question. Um, basically what it is, um, which came first, Demon Boy the music artist or Demon Boy the comic book? Okay, the music came first. And uh, that's actually an interesting story of how the comic books came to be. So I, well, I created Demon Boy, and I launched it in 2009, and the ironic thing was, um, my, this was MySpace was out still, and uh, Facebook had, I don't even think it had started yet, I think it maybe got created a year or two after that, or it was in its infancy. So I was very popular in MySpace as Demon Boy the Rocker. When I got discovered uh, by Monarch Comics, uh, a uh, gentleman did a book called Witch Hunter, and he, uh, he wrote me, and he said, hey, look, he says, uh, I do this 
comic book called Witch Hunter, and um, I would like to feature you in the book as sort of a Scooby-Doo thing where Witch Hunter meets Demon Boy, and you'll help the Witch Hunter kill a monster in my book. And so I was blown away, and I was yeah. completely flattered by this. I said, wow, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. So um, he drew up some uh, test sketches and things, and he says, well, I'll, I'll get you into a book. And then he goes, if my fans um, start digging your character in my book, I'll bring you back a couple more times. And then on the side he said, you know what, maybe a year down the road, if it looks good, maybe I'll do a Demon Boy comic book, uh, your own book. And I said, oh, that's great. So right now this was just talk, you know. Right. So uh, New York City Comic Con was coming up, and he invited me to come down. He goes, hey, why don't you come down? We, had, we hadn't even done anything yet. I, the drawing wasn't in the book. The comic book was, wasn't even done. But he just said, I have a booth. Why don't you come down, hang around at my booth, and, you know, we'll just get to know each other, and you'll see what the scene is like. Well, that opened up such a ginormous door because this is no lie. I brought a bunch of free giveaway CDs, my first single called Dear God, which was a cover of the XTC song. And I brought a bunch of free singles. I, I brought a bunch of mer giveaway merch, buttons and things like that. Well, I guess the people gravitated to me. Nobody really knew who I was, but I had looked so uh, spectacular with the wings and everything. It was lines of people down the hallway just wanting to come up and talk to me, take pictures with me, to the point where I gave away all my merch and was signing stuff. And I actually ran out of ink in three <laughs> Sharpies the first day. I was blown away. I said, these people don't even know. They know who I am now, but I said, it wasn't like I was an attraction build to be there. People just want, oh my God, I got to go meet this guy, meet this guy. And at the very end of that day, as I'm leaving, I get tapped by a camera crew, and they were from Fangoria Television. Who The Fangoria is the popular magazine. And it turned out they had a television show. So they said, can we get a fast interview with you? So they did this interview of me, and they released it a couple weeks later. And overnight, I exploded from just that. And I believe if you go on my YouTube channel, it's like the very first video I loaded. You can see how raw I looked, how raw the costume was, the makeup was, everything was very raw. Um, I even laugh at myself when I see it. <laughs> but that is literally... What launched me uh, to being in the mainstream almost overnight, within four months, um, I was very popular. My MySpace page, it blew up, and then I just, you know, gravitated that onto Facebook. I brought that, uh, uh, my, my popularity from there onto Facebook, and it just kept on an incline. It just kept going up and up and up. But to go back to the original question, I'm there for that comic book thing. What had happened was I had met so many people that two weeks after that show, one of the people I met happened to be from a now-defunct publishing company called Enemy. They said, hey, we're from Enemy uh, Comics. How would you like your own comic book? So at that show where that guy was debating writing me a book, and debating book yeah. I instantly was offered my own book. So within two months put out the very first of my own Demon Boy book right from there. So I did the first issue uh, with this company called Enemy, who ended up after a year that, you know, all the issues with the two owners or whatnot, I wasn't involved in that. But I got very lucky. The artist that they had hired to draw my book decided he wanted to stay with me. 
and continue doing the book. So I took on the book myself and started self-publishing it since I already had the, the uh, people there to, to publish it with me and draw it. So his name is Helmet Epic, and to this day, he's still the guy with me that draws the Demon Boy comic mm -hmm. books and the stories. It's basically this whole book is produced by myself and Helmet Epic, and he does the uh, penciling. Sometimes we hire outside inkers. Sometimes he does it. Sometimes we hire guest people to do covers. Sometimes, like on issue number three, this is a guest cover artist, Terrence Muncy, who has done work before for some famous band. But we self-publish it right now. And so it was 2010 now when the book started to come out and take off. And the next thing you know, I had the rock band as well as the comic book, and I was immediately labeled as multimedia, and it just worked. Each one complemented each other, mm -hmm. and again, it was another building block in uh, the success of Demon Boy. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love the whole thing you do. Um, the entertainment. I love it. it, it put, what you said, you put the show back into show business. That's yes. what I see. I, that's what I see. <laughs> I love it. Let's go to, let's go to women. Um, Monarch. What happened with that? Was a guy named Frank? I can't remember what he said his name was. The guy with Monarch. What happened with him? Monarch. Um, he got a little. He got upset that I had gotten the other. Like I, I'm trying not to throw this guy under the bus Understood. or anything. Talk badly about him because he's still around and his book is great. It's called Witch Hunter. It's a great mm -hmm. book. But um, they did get his his team got very upset that these outside team had made me an offer, and. He said, hey, you know, well, I wanted to be the one to do this with you. And I said, yeah, but you know what? These guys are making me a nice deal right now. And I said, as a businessman, I, I have to take this deal. I said, I'll still do it with you. And he, he felt that this was going to blow his whole thing of what how he wanted to bring me out. This was now cramping that style. He's like, well, if you're already going to have your book, then what's the sense of me trying to uh, launch you inside my book? So this difference of opinion and the clash, yeah. so that just that just separated. But yeah. like I said, I feel bad, and it was a business decision. Right. I think the guy's a great guy. I think his company's a great company. Mm -hmm. But again, I am a businessman uh, first and foremost, yeah. and I had to go take the deal, which I'm yeah. glad I did because it, it, it is still in my lap to this well, day. Yeah, you're, you're a classy man, so I understand you not want to say it. But I'll say it. He hesitated. He sat there and waited, and somebody else jumped in. I mean, you know, I, I I think I remember mentioning to him. I said, "Hey, look," I said, "You mentioned that maybe a year from now." I said, "They want to do this now." I said, "But listen," I said, "If you want to make some kind of offer right now," mm -hmm. I said, "Just jump the gun." But they were not exactly open to that idea at the moment because mm -hmm. I think it because it's a lot of work producing a comic book. People don't imagine. realize it can it takes us almost a year to do one book. Oh, yeah. Almost a year. It's is a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, so, so that's just that's basically just what happened about that whole thing, and and now we're here, you know. <laughs> okay, but that's good though. But you guys still good talk occasionally, so it's a chance that down the road, perhaps. I'm sure if I ran into him, there'd, there'd be no hard feelings. Like yeah. I said, it wasn't an angry uh, separation. It was just a oh, that's uh, great. a diff a difference of opinions and mm -hmm. things. And he, I guess he was all excited to. Uh, bring me out and launch, and then something came in from the side and disrupted. Yeah. Got it, just got to be what it was. Yeah, unfortunate thing, but it happens like that. I tell you, you bring somebody out there like you, you bring them to a comic con or some affair, man. 
uh, I don't know where he's been. Go to know, that, that, has been, that has been something that's been following me throughout my career is, um, you know, I created something. Like, I'm very proud of what I created here with, with uh, Demon Boy, an amazing Should Demon be. Boy. I rebranded that. We can talk about that later, too. Amazing. I, I've always been called the Amazing Demon Boy, mm-hmm. but I've always just built myself as my, my sign here says Demon Boy. And then it was this year I decided to put the tag on as well as Amazing Demon Boy. But uh, throughout my uh, career, it's always been that um, my act, uh, a lot of industry people approach me because of the likability of what I created, and I get a lot of offers, and I get a lot of deals. And again, you know, as a businessman, you can't, you know, you have to entertain every offer, and that's what I did, and that's what just keeps helping me pile one on top. And I haven't faltered in uh, the 10 years I mentioned I, I launched in 2009. So in 10 years, this has just been a steady incline. I don't see that changing. I mean, you've really got a good thing going on here, Dean Boy. It really is. Love what we you do. We built the house of the Dean, and we got a good foundation, yes. And my fans, I call them the ghoulies. They are very loyal. Your fans. <laughs> thank you for bringing them up. Um, didn't make it to my question thing. First of all, I want to know, um, I didn't say rabbit fans. I want to say that. But you have some very loyal, decent, kind fans, and they yes. showed me a lot of love. And I appreciate that. Them and from you, too. And one thing um, I didn't want to forget, how um, we got together. I have to mention... Um, Man, Rap Magic. Yeah. Give him a shout out. Got to give him a shout out. Peace, Rap Magic. Thank you, man. Uh, you know, at first, I have a fan club, and my fans are called the Ghoulies. And as you said, yeah, they are very, very loyal to me. Um, uh, and the reason they show you love is, is that my fans are very respectful. So they're like, you know, if this is part of the Demon Boys world, you know, they show everybody love. And that's what I like about everything here. Dean, I'm about positivity. I'm not about negativity and depression. Uh, there's, a, there's enough of that in the world. Yes. So the Demon Boy in my image and everything is, is very upbeat and very positive. Uh, we have enough villains, and yeah. it's time for some heroes. And that's how I, that's how I see myself. But uh, the fans, yeah. Um, now, Rap Magic, um, at first I, I had gotten a letter, mm-hmm. and I believe it was in the Ghoulies group, and it said, oh, uh, you should really go on this, uh, this podcast and everything and everything. And... Uh, then I didn't recognize his name at first, and then I realized that he had been on my YouTube channel for years. And I said, oh, that's Rap Magic. He's <laughs> <laughs> a great guy, and he's such a great guy, and he's such he a is. talented artist, too. So that's really cool, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, I was, um, first of all, when we first spoke, I was a little horrified. Because you know how the, the um, decor, the way he's supposed to act on the internet, you don't really put your link somewhere else. And I saw yes. it, I was like, oh no! You know, so I was horrified. But you were really, really cool about it and stuff. And I appreciate Thanks. that so much. And I didn't want my man Rap Magic to get in trouble with you. I didn't want to get in trouble with you and stuff. But you were really cool. And I appreciate that so much. Appreciate Rap Magic. Appreciate your That's fans. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Feelings mutual. Thanks. Okay. Now, um, we touched on a little bit before we started the interview. Now, I'm not clear um, but, uh, talking about um, the Demon Boy comic books. Right. Um, now, I wasn't clear on why you got banished from heaven. And uh, I saw something <laughs> about marriage, but it didn't go into detail. Well, at least, or maybe I missed it. So I didn't quite understand why you got banished. I understand why you got banished from hell. Because the devil didn't like that you was a good person. So he wasn't feeling that. But why would you get kicked out of heaven? Yeah, uh, this, this is the page right there. Uh, this is on page one of the book. And this is actually God. And this is Demon Boy here speaking to Demon Boy. So um, I'll try to give you a fast synopsis of that. Um, in the comic book, 
which um, what I do with the band in the comic book is um, we, are, we have been starting to incorporate more of uh, the storyline in the comic book into the live show. I've been asked for years if we were going to cross that over, and I'm, I'm, slow, I'm slowly doing that. Because the image in the book is is uh, it is the same image of me on stage, but it, there are slight differences. So basically, Demon Boy is I've always been known as the Amazing Demon Boy, the Black Angel. So I am basically I'm I'm what's called a Cambria demon. Cambria demons are half angels and half demons. So Demon Boy is actually born of heaven, and he had worked for God being sort of the bouncer, if you will, at, at the gates of heaven when souls were coming, a soul that, that wasn't allowed into heaven that was going to go to hell. It was Demon Boy, the black angel's job, take that soul and fly it down into heaven, uh, to hell, I mean, and drop it off. Mm -hmm. So that's where how that came. And then uh, Demon Boy got a little upset about God sending so many people to hell that he asked them about it one day. And, and if we all know... If, Many of you people that are religious, and if you're just into fantasy and stories, this mm -hmm. relates as well. Right. You don't challenge or you don't question the word of God. Mm -hmm. So God decided to banish Demon Boy to allow him to um, kind of find himself and see what, see the reality of things. Because Demon Boy being born of heaven and being a half angel and half uh, half demon, we don't know how he came to be. Like who who were Demon Boy's parents? So all of this is, is inside that story. Oh. That's a mystery. Who was his parents? Because I know you say he was born in heaven. Like, hmm. We're, we're, saying, we're saying it'll be in the timeline. I can't spoil it, but it's kind of like... Okay. Uh, All right. Definitely yeah. have to check out some issues to find out. <laughs> hmm. There's something going on in heaven there. Okay. Now, um, another, ooh, another fan question. How did you get into metal music? Well, when or I if you call it metal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, metal and rock. Yeah, um, I call my band a, a rock band. Do um, we slide into a, very, a lot of different genres? We slide heavy metal, rock and roll, hard rock, even rap, uh, rap crossover music. Um, it's basically just the um, my own style of, of art. It's my it's my artistic expression of, of the style of music it is. But it's basically rock or metal. Yeah, you you can call anything. When I was a, a teenager, even though I am the uh, lead singer in Demon Boy, you have seen in some of the videos, you'll see me playing guitar. I actually, when I was a teenager, when I was 13, started playing guitar. So I was a guitar player for most of my life, and I did sing in some of my younger bands. But when I did Demon Boy, I opted to put the guitar down on stage. But I am the one that has written about half of the Demon Boy library. So a lot of the songs, I actually write them and then pass them on to the musicians that are in my band. So uh, that, that's how I got into it. And uh, I grew up uh, listening to a lot of hard rock, again, like Alice Cooper, Aerosmith, uh, Cheap Trick. Uh, probably mm. bands, like I said, the Demon Boy thing is not a uh, combination or a culmination of what I was listening to my whole life. I just like music that is good music. I like good songs, mm. and I like songs that uh, tell stories. And this is going back to your earlier fan question about the Alice Cooper thing. Um, there are certain things that I followed from uh, sort of his teachings, if I, if I could use that, that mm -hmm. to paraphrase. Alice Cooper once told, he said a lot of kids come up to him and want him to see their band and this and that. And he says, he, he says I don't like making people unhappy or something. But he goes, a lot of these kids, their music's bad because they don't understand how to write songs. 
And he said, a song, if you're going to write a song, a song is a story. A story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So you need to tell that story. So that stuck with me. So every one of the Demon Boy songs is a story. And if you listen to the lyrics, I'm telling a story that starts somewhere and ends up someplace. It has an ending. It has a beginning, and it has a middle, and it has an end. And uh, that's, that's basically how I write everything. And uh, all of that influence in my life, from the age of 13 starting to play guitar up to where I am now as Amazing Demon Boy, mm -hmm. that's basically uh, how that all came in. Wow. And that lends well, because you said the um, songs are basically stories. And when yes. you're on stage and you guys are giving performances, I think I read somewhere, someone mentioned, might have been in one of your bios, it might have been in um, press, um, some press I read about you, mentioned Broadway stage or, or yes. theater. So, so that lends well with what you do. That, that's yes. excellent. What wow. we do um, mm -hmm. with every one of the songs is uh, specifically thought out. And what we do is this. Um, I have specific theatrical uh, things that go on in each song. And there are, like if we take a song like my song Ravenous, <clears throat> there are certain parts of what is going on on stage. I have backup dancers and uh and uh, performers, and who are all incorporated into the songs in different roles, depending on what song we're playing. Right. So what what I tell them is we have certain uh, scripted out parts that remain the same and consistent, but in between those scripted parts, I allowed ad-libbing, so that every show is a little bit different, and, and if mm -hmm. somebody comes to see us three, four, or five times, they don't exactly see the same exact thing, but they see the highlights that they want to see. Like uh, when I do I Kiss the Dead Girl, I have the severed head that I pick up, and everybody wants to see that scene, and that's when I said, oh, i got to leave this in the act, because yeah. everybody's waiting for me to pick that head up and kiss it, and we do the Little Red, and uh, we perform out the whole Little Red story with the wolf coming in, and, and uh, so the I picked it up like from Broadway, you know, that's you know, acting and stuff like that, so uh, when I bring in new uh, people into the band or the backup performers, it's basically how I explain it. I says, listen, you're, 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 you're acting here, I says, as well as just rocking out. You know, we can rock out sometimes, you know, for whatever the night brings. I said, but these specific little pieces inside this story got to remain. What you do in between them, you can wing it, and you can go crazy and do whatever, but when it comes to that one part, you need to act that particular uh, piece out. And that's how we got that tag about the Broadway theatrical antics. Yeah. yeah. You know that... Um that video, um, all your videos good. Um, latest one, particular, um, got the list of them here. New one? I want to get to that. Yeah, I want to get to those yet. But the one I really want to speak about, I mean, they like go backwards. That song you got, Pain. Yeah. And that music video, <laughs> Off the Chain. That is, oh, great. Now, before we get into the, the, um, the, the meat of this, are you the creative genius behind all of this? I mean, like, yeah. as far as the comic and the music and the videos, all of this is your vision. Yes. Whoa, incredible. Every, everything came out, as I mentioned with the comic book, mm -hmm. the artist that draws it, um, him and I come up with the stories. So basically what happens is we spend time on the phone and we say, well, what's the next book? Uh, how, what can we fit? Because a comic book is between 22 to 26 pages. That, that's a comic book. If you print more pages than that, it's labeled, it's technically a graphic novel. So, mm. so whatever we talk about on the phone as what the story is, it is Helmet's job to take that 
and condense it down. He takes that, what we spoke about, and turns it into the script that he can put on 20-something pages in panels. So that's the difficult part and why it can take almost a year is because you're trying to squeeze down that story and still make it understandable to somebody reading it. And I understand that sometimes ours gets a little complex. We actually won an artistic scholarship award from LaGuardia College uh, in New York for the writing inside books one and two. So, yeah, the dean of the college actually loved the book. And, and gave us a scholarship award for it. So the, it, it's, um, kids can read this. It's for adults and it's for kids, but it is a, it's a bit complex because of the story because we do take uh, real things that happened in the Bible, but we put a little fantasy uh, twist on them. Um, same thing, um, so I do, I created everything in the book, even though I'm not the one hand drawing it. Yes, the stories are straight out of my head and straight out of the character that I created. And the same thing with the stage show. Even um, when I when I my band members, uh, most of the guys that come in that I've hired, and I've had I've had a lot of people in my band, and a lot of people are going to be shocked. I've had about 42 people in Demon Boy inside of a 10-year period of time. Damn. Now, when I when a new member comes in, uh, they're obligated to to create a character, and uh, so there are some times where they've done a great job of it. There are several ones that have come in, and their character has changed and grown because they didn't know what they wanted to be when they first mm -hmm. joined and so they would progress as they found out you know what was working and what was clicking or that you know this makeup wasn't working this makeup was working and if somebody came in I've had a couple where I had to actually create their character for them and say well you, you're gonna be this guy you're gonna be shreddy you're because the guitar player says let's call you shreddy how about we call you shreddy Kruger you know <laughs> And um, so we've had all these great guys. You had Trey the Boogeyman uh, in there. And when he was one of my drummers, and what it was was he got married on Halloween. And I saw him. He, he was in makeup, and him and his wife were dressed with the skull faces. And I said, can you wear that in my show? And he was actually like, really? You want me to? <laughs> and said, dude, it's perfect. I said, and we'll call you the Boogeyman. And so, yeah, so it, Everything, you know, and it all because it all has to look good. Um, my band, it has to be part of the show, and uh, like I said, it is a show. It is a theatrical show, and uh, everything I tell my guys, I said, you got to remember, you're always got to be acting on stage like there's a camera pointed at you. Mm -hmm. Like never drop out of character when you're on stage. So uh, yeah, so it basically comes all right out of here. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> As I said, you can see. You can see, like, in my mind, I see, um, they call it, um, be authentic. Demon Boy is you. You are Demon Boy. I don't see any separation in the two. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing you've come up with, DB. It really is. Thank um, you. Now, here's the part. I have to, have to be straight up with you. Um, Pre-judging. When I first checked it out, first thing came to my mind, satanic stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, I've got to be doing something evil. So anyway, right, I listened to the music. Didn't hear anything evil there. You know, I have nope. a lady friend. She loves horror. That's all she does is watch horror movies and stuff, right? Yep. So, of course, when she saw you, she's blown away, right? So, so anyway, right, so I read your comic. And when I get into it, right, I notice, right, well, he got kicked out of heaven. I'm like, of course. You know, I expect that. But then when you went to hell, got kicked out of there too because you were too good. You were too nice. Satan didn't want to bother you, so now I'm confused. So wait a minute.
minute, where's the satanic stuff at? Where's the evil stuff, right? Come to find out, it's not like that. Demon Boy isn't a bad guy and stuff. Nope. It, um, it was, what, what is he? He's complicated. I mean, he, he's bad. Yeah. He's bad. What, what is he? Okay. Who are you? What are you? Over the years, over the years, yeah, I've I've had uh, people come up and, and basically uh, express uh, exactly the way you just worded it all because they'll take a little bit like like what are you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, since I wanted to bring the spectacle back to rock and roll, which is the reason I created it, and again, going back, we were talking earlier, um, I, I wanted to do a, a, a theatrical act like Alice Cooper or the big acts like Rob Zombie and Iron Maiden even who have the big stage shows. When I created this in 2009, a lot of that was uh, sort of subdued at the moment because we were just coming out of that new metal phase and industrial metal, and you know, grunge had done, done its course. So a lot of that face-painted stuff, like the Kiss era bands, were getting sort of um, made fun of and things like that, but there had been enough of a lull where I was able to bring that back and got very lucky. So I decided, listen, there's enough villains in rock and roll. Everybody's a villain. Like, everybody wants to be a villain. I get it. It's cool. People like it. And oh, But, you know, people also are like it's a Halloween. What do they say in the in – the, Charlie Brown Halloween special when, when Lucy talks about the costume. She goes, you pick a costume that's in complete contrast of your actual self. So I said, I, I get that's why people want to be a villain on stage because maybe they're not like that. I've heard a lot of rock guys say, hey, we're just a bunch of nerds wearing rock and roll suits. <laughs> and, you know, I'm the same way. You know, I like movies and, and cartoons and things like that. So when I created Demon Boy, I said, well, I, don't, I, I want to look badass, but I don't want to be evil, you know, I'll be an anti-hero, I mean, look, and uh, I I mentioned this earlier, Batman is an anti-hero, he's he's a good guy, but Mm -hmm. he he does things his own way, and he'll even step outside the law to get the right thing done, Mm -hmm. but he will not hurt innocent people, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the same thing with a character from Marvel Comics, Venom. Well, Mm -hmm. Venom looks so bad, Venom is not actually an evil character, Carnage, the He's the bad guy, but right. Venom will not hurt innocent people. And I kind of took a little from that and that and said, let's make Demon Boy the same thing. Let's make him a good guy, but make him look like a bad guy. But he's never going to hurt or harm anybody that doesn't have it coming to them. And that's where it kind of uh, it started, and then it, it just flowered out from there, and uh, the character was able to develop and develop very nicely, and it just graduated to where it is, and now I've been accepted as that. And because mm-hmm. of the comic books, I'm able to do the comic book conventions and get accepted by young young kids and things like that mm-hmm. whose parents are not afraid to have their kids like Demon Boy or get to know Demon Boy because um, one of the things I won't do with my show, my show is a Halloween show and I call our band, we're like the ultimate Halloween party band. If you're going to have a Halloween party, we're the best band you can have because we're fun. Uh, We look, like you said, we look evil and all that and I get a lot of black metal people and fans Mm -hmm. that come to me just because of how I look and then they start to see the music and they don't get turned off, they just, it's not what they thought it was going to be, but they still end up liking it and that's the thing about Demon Boy, I wanted to make sure it was likable, but with the kids, to get that extra fan base and to to give them somebody to look up to, because the way it is now with the goss, it's like you can look like this but not be a bad person. Mm. Uh, 
that's why you should never judge somebody by the way they look. You should judge some, by somebody by this, by their, mm-hmm. heart, by their heart. And that that's how I am. And I just got that kind of moniker mm-hmm. and everything just kind of stuck, stuck with me, and it's been working. Well, I definitely learned that lesson with you. I definitely <laughs> did. Now, another thing I learned, once again, boy, I got to stop jumping to conclusions. <laughs> A comic book, you know, particularly, you know, like a damn boy, you know, fighting stuff. Like, how much can a person actually learn? Well, I learned a lot from reading your comic book. First of all, I found out that you're deep. Um, I was checking out, um, I'm probably going to mess up the pronunciation, um, Mephistopheles? Um, there's Mephisto. Mephisto, yes. So, I, yeah, so I went reading up on Mephisto. I said, hmm, who's that? I found out the long name of it. But then I went to Faust. I'm like, wow. So I heard of Faust. Never really found time to read about it. So I did got into it, the devil's bargain and all of that stuff. And I'm like, wow. So not only is it entertaining, it's also educational for those who choose, you know, to go down that rabbit hole. So I thank you for that. That was beautiful. We had touched on that earlier Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why we got the scholarship award from LaGuardia College for the writing. Yeah, um, and a lot of that is also Helmet Epic, bringing a lot of that in. And even I was uh, very happy and surprised when um, I saw some of the script in the book. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it, – it is a little on the intellectual side. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and like you said, it's kind of cool that, that you just said that, that, that you went and did some background checking which is really cool as, as, as an artist as myself to hear you say that. It's very, very flattering and very humbling because it's really cool that you would take the time to go find out what that is. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I encourage everyone to do that. You can learn so much more, and it makes it so much enriching, you know, um, to get more you know, detailed background on who the characters are and stuff it's like that. It's a world. The Demon Boy, it's a world uh, that that I encompass, and every everything between the band and the comic books, it, it's inside this world of Demon Boy. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, well, that's the thing that I love so much about your character is that, especially when I found out, good guy, but not like <laughs> good to where he's soft. You know what I mean? I, I like that. I like a person or anybody or anything that's controlled but able to dish out chaos when necessary. You know what I'm saying? I like when people control and nice, but they're no pushovers. I, I like right. that about people. The Batman of rock and roll, I've been called. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right about that. A lot of folks um um don't realize that um the Dark Knight, he got that name. Yeah, he's he's actually a pretty dark character. This was um I think the yeah. DC Comics, Detective Comics in general, I believe yes. they were kind of edgy and dark. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's it's very it's very relatable to my mm-hmm. character. Not that I even thought about that when I created it, but mm-hmm. um, we can look at what that if, if, if that's a simple way to try to explain to somebody my character. Say, think about Batman. Mm-hmm. He's a regular guy that's fighting crime. And he does not do anything bad or evil, yet he looks like you can't tell. If you just saw him, you'd be scared. And it's the same thing with Demon Boy. People look at me and either immediately judgmental mm-hmm. or inquisitive. <laughs> yeah. want to want to figure out, uh, want to ask me the questions. And I enjoy explaining it and I enjoy talking to people. And that's one of the things of why I get so many people at my tables at the conventions 
is when I sit there and get an audience of people as I'm explaining the character and they're all picking up the books and you know, it's new and I've been asked many, many times, hey, is there going to be a Demon Boy movie one day? Oh, and that's I... one of my questions. <laughs> uh, but that's okay though. But it's a good question. So what's the answer to that? What's going on? I'll let you go. We can, we can that and we can come back to that. That's awesome. Okay, no, that's great though. Your fans are on point. Oh, matter of fact, it's right here. Um, let me see. Is there a movie in the works for you and or a Demon Boy animated series? Um, kind of a weird question because I want to say yes because I have been asked about this several times and I have tried uh, to get those... Uh, Paths opened up for myself. Um, in the past, I did have a, a, a gentleman, his name is Ken Willard, and he is a comic book artist that primarily draws um, African American uh, characters in his books. But he had stumbled on the Demon Boy story. So he had come to me and he told me who he was, and he was currently working with, at Disney as well. And he said, You know, he said, I could see. Demon Boy being a movie, he goes like The Crow. He said, now the thing with The Crow is after the Brandon uh, passed away and the second two movies, he goes, the franchise really didn't do too well. He goes, but you could be the new Crow franchise as mm -hmm. Demon Boy. And he said, I would like to start scripting that and seeing if we can sell that around. Mm -hmm. So he did gain a little interest. And then along the lines, he, he got a large project from Disney, got mm -hmm. pulled away. And that whole thing kind of just separated. I still am friends with him, but we were never able to get back on with that. But I have been trying in different uh, areas. Um, me and Helmet, the artist of the comic book, mm -hmm. we've got a, uh, uh, I forgot what you call them again, a treatment uh, for the Demon Boy movie. It's a treatment script. So it's about a 30-page script of if we had to bring it to a movie producer to say, here, this is what we think the general story could be for the movie and then we would present that and if they decided to give us a green light on a movie we would allow them, like I would allow somebody to write the movie and um, uh, it's really funny because that you brought this up today mm -hmm. that uh, this morning I saw somebody post that there was an interview with Alice Cooper who plays in a side band uh, called Hollywood Vampires with Johnny Depp and he in an interview said if there's ever an Alice Cooper movie I want Johnny to play me so I chimed in on that, and I said, I'd like Johnny Depp to play me as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, that's actually a great choice. Johnny Depp is one heck of an actor. He really is. I think he'd do a great job. Like, the DMY movie came out. I, I don't think I'd want to play myself, even though when I talk to fans, they're 50-50. Like, no, it's got to be you. And I'm like, no, we should get someone else. I, I want to sit back and watch somebody. Right. Playing me, right. you know. Yeah, that, I, whatever the case, I'll go with it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm, um, I'm like with both of you. I'm fifty-fifty. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you with your fans too. Either way, but Johnny, <laughs> whoa, that would be great. Damn. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not like I really, really loved him when I found out that um, Demon Boy is um, you know, a good guy and stuff, you know, and it's good role model for the kids per se and stuff, you know. And um, I was reading the bio, so it was a good way to get on lunchbox too. You know, moms will be mad oh, yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, moms will be upset about that. So that's no, great. Actually, 
you know, people that people don't know that are listening. Yeah, you had sent me some graphics after seeing that review, where a part of a story where I wrote, uh, "I want to be the guy in the lunchbox," and you did the graphics and put me in the lunchbox. And let me tell you, I sent that to my graphic artist that does all my merch, uh-huh. and the, you know what she wrote back? Oh my god, I want one. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I hope so to I, see them out. I I to see we, might have to, we might have to bring you in on a deal now because I said to her, I said, do me a favor, go find out if we can find a company that we can print on the lunch boxes. I said, because this guy just gave us a million dollar idea. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? I apologize because I actually meant to go look up a place. That you know would do such a thing, and you know just send it for too. But ah man, ah. I will. Hey, I'm I'm a businessman. I cut deals with everybody. If you made that come through, we would just bring you in on that deal. I've got deals going with so many people because I can't possibly run this by myself. So Mm -hmm. I do get people that come with brilliant ideas to me quite often, and all I do is we make I we make separate deals with everybody. I'm I'm one of those people. I'm a share the wealth guy. I, I you know I'm not. I, um, while Demon Boy, the character, may be an egomaniac, <laughs> uh, the guy behind the curtain is only a little bit of an egomaniac. <laughs> but I, don't, I, I, I believe in um, giving people, anybody that um, brought something in, they get back what they brought in. So I have mm-hmm. no problem. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's great. I'm glad you like that too. Demon Boy, I'm telling you, know, um, a lot of times I'm like an idea machine, and I'm so hesitant about expressing myself to people with the ideas because you know just sometimes people you know how people could be sometimes and you're yeah. so cool with the ideas you got a sense of humor you know like i said i'm not trying to hurt anybody just trying to find just trying to make suggestions and stuff so i was happy like i said i was hesitant because you know, i didn't so know how cool. you would take it but i thought it was a great idea and stuff I, it was cool and i loved it when i saw the message and i and you even sent me the quote when i said it <laughs> And I just thought, this guy really did his homework on me. I said, because he pulled out that quote, he made that graphic with the lunchbox. I said, this is going to be a lot of fun. I like him already. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, man. I was going to say Matchman Heaven, Matchman Hell, and Matchman Purgatory. I don't know, somewhere in the middle there on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What else we got here for you, son? Um, oh, the songs. Touched on them a little bit. Horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, is that the lead? Is that the latest? Horrifying is the latest single. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put out um, two singles, I believe, in September of last year. Now, I have my new album that's going to come out. It's just an EP. It's going to be called Curse of the Demon. And uh, the reason I called it Curse of the Demon is I've been working on this album for like four years. It's supposed to be a full-length album, but um, there's been all these trials and tribulations and roadblocks and headaches. And uh, I was going to call the album Wrong Side of the Grave. And then at a certain point, it was becoming such a problem to me. I said, this thing is cursed. And I said, I'm changing the name of the album, The Curse of the Demon, just so I can always remember what we went through to get these songs done. Right. Horrifying is the first single we released. And uh, we have a video out for now that's on the YouTube channel. Uh, It's been doing pretty well. Now, for my fans that are used to the Demon Boy videos, Mm -hmm. Um, They know that I've been self-producing and making the videos myself with one of my uh, former friends that were helping me uh, do it and who I no Mm -hmm. longer um, have uh, have access to him working on my material. So uh, an outside company came 
that, hey, uh, we're starting out making these sort of animated-looking videos, and we want to make our first one, and we want to know if we could work with you. And that's how it came to be. So the horrifying video, it, it came out really cool. It's very different from all the other videos I've mm -hmm. done. If you, if, you know, my fans know, because usually I'm in the videos, and they're uh, very haunted house-oriented and things mm -hmm. like that. So this was the first one that I wasn't, like, fully acting on in and had all the band members in and the dancers. It's basically a, a cartoon, and I'm in there a little bit. So I hope everybody's enjoying it. Um, we do plan on doing some more things like that, but for us, this was, like, um, sort of the first one of this, so I just expect them to, to even get uh, better than, than this one. But mm -hmm. I'm very happy with how this came out and yeah, how it's a great video. have reacted to it, yeah. And the song uh, was uh, the first I, I sang in my lower register. People know me. I have uh, uh, several different registers that I sing in, and uh, mm -hmm. this song is in one of my lower registers where a lot of people have compared it to Rob Zombie from his White Zombie days. And that's what I like is when people come to Demon Boy and they're reminded, like they don't say, like we were talking about the Alice Cooper. I've had people also say, the first time I heard you reminded me of when I was 13 and bought the Black Sabbath album and put it on my record player, how excited and the goosebumps I got. I felt the same sensation the first time I heard your music. Yeah. That is just the greatest compliment I could receive. And they don't think... That again, like what I mentioned before, that I'm copying Black Sabbath or copying Alice or or any or copying Rob. They just think I'm another person like that that they can now like too. Yes. And and they're more than happy. And I've had people when I do England and UK, um, a lot of people. Now I love Alice to death, and I mean this in all respect. They say they've said to me, Alice isn't going to be touring, uh, you know, forever. So we, who already like you, we're going to continue to follow you. So I already have these legions of fans that love Alice and mm -hmm. love Rob that are following me as well. So I was very lucky to get accepted into that crowd of people. I understand perfectly. Almost, um, <clears throat> excuse me, similar with me and um, The Walking Dead. When The Walking Dead, um, the season was over, I'm looking for something similar. This is anything similar to what that I can watch. And, right? you know? and yeah. that's exact that's exactly that's exactly it. I mean, there are people that like that like sort of stuff and mm -hmm. uh, and they're like happy to discover Demon Boy. Exactly. Exactly. You, you really are so when I first heard your voice, um I told you a song I love. Pain. That's Pain. your song. Woo! <laughs> I love that one. But I listened to another one first and don't recall what it was, but liked them all. Heard your voice and immediately thought, this guy's the real deal. <laughs> you got that voice, man. I'm like, whoa, he's the real deal. And started listening to more. Came across pain. I'm like, oh, man, that's it. I'm like, hook right there. Let's see. What else we got here for you and stuff? See, we got another fan. Oh, yeah. How long? This one always comes up, I guess. How long okay. do you plan on performing and doing the things that you do? Do you have a time limit set? Plan on retiring anytime soon or what? No, I, I don't have a time limit set. Now, um, what I would like is um, I'm very happy at the success I've been able to achieve at this time. And uh, I've mentioned, uh, I've had discussions like this before. Everybody knows that the music industry itself is very drastically different from the 1980s to now. It, was, it went through a lot. And it's not like it was where you get signed to a label, they give you millions of dollars in advance, 
and you become an overnight a rich guy, and <laughs> and they, you know, you have to you have to do the, all this self DIY now. So I have to self finance myself. My tours, everything, are strictly backed by myself and my band members. When we travel, we're paying for it ourselves, which is why you, as the fans, need to support independent music and access myself by buying the merchandise. The downloads, because this is how we are continuing to do what we can do and bring us to your front door. If we don't have your support that way, we I'm going to be stuck sitting at home on my couch because I'm not going to be able to afford to tour. It's not like it was in the 80s. Just because we're on tour doesn't mean we're making a million dollars. It is very, very costly to support a tour. So people just need to understand that. And it's, it's just like the... Doing it uh, grassroots now, um, I'm able to get to places. We've been in uh, several different countries, mm -hmm. and right now we have the uh, COVID lockdown going on all over the world, so mm -hmm. everybody can't work right now. Uh, I'm lucky that I'm still able to produce videos and things like that. As soon as we start breaking again, we'll be back out on the road and uh, hitting places like Europe. I want to get to Germany. I want to get to Japan. Mm. Got a feeling you're gonna be getting out there soon. <laughs> well, as soon as this thing gets over with COVID. Um, uh, and you know what, man? Once again, that's the next question. How has COVID affected what you do? And um, what did you do to adjust? <laughs> okay, so here, here, here's my take on that. Okay, um, last year I had been going through a lot. We had um, been working our butts off for a couple of years, and uh, not that I was getting burned out. And, and uh, going back, I'm not sure if I fully answered your question about if I ever had a stop date. My goal, my, my second part answer to that was that I want to eventually get myself to run with the big dogs and be on the same level as Alice and Rob. And I'm not here just patting myself on the back. I mean, I know I've got to work there to get it, and I'm working my butt off, and I'm hoping with my fans that I'll eventually get that, that larger break that I need. I mean, I, I'm independently successful, and that's the way it is nowadays. Each band, mm -hmm. uh, you can't think about competition or get uh, – uh, mm -hmm. Um, what do you call it? Uh, what do they call it? Jealous of anybody else? You just need to be happy with your own success and think about yourself and make yourself as successful and and come to peace with that. And that's what I've done. But yes, I want to be a um, front line runner, and like I'm hoping to go in and have you know Alice pass me that baton and uh, be able to come in and just follow along that path and be uh, an international headliner. And gain gain that kind of notoriety. So um, I don't have an end date in uh, in quitting at all. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know it's like they say it's like do or die, and that's what I'm, <laughs> gonna, go. I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. I don't see really anything stopping you from getting the top. You have all the tools. I mean, you know, the deeming boy, um, the character, the the act, the the. I'm I don't trying. see why I don't see why you couldn't zoom to the top. I don't see why not. You got you know, right now, right now, it's just a, it's literally just an exposure thing. Uh, the more exposure I get, the 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 greater success we get. And again, a lot of it, and it really hurts to say this and know this is that it's a money thing now because uh, you can get onto a large shows, you can go play the larger festivals like this, but there are buy-ons. So that's how the music industry works. It's a, you know it's very rare 
that you're invited and they just say, here, you can have the stage at 10 o'clock and a hotel, hotel rooms. They don't do that anymore. What they do is they say, hey, would you like to play OzFest? It's $15,000 to have a 20-minute set. So you've got to give them that money to go perform at that show. Mm. And they, they try to make it look good to you is they, oh, we'll give you a merch table and you should be able, if you play five nights in a row, you'll do maybe $2,000 a day at your merch table and you'll get your money back. So that's what I mean is you don't get rich doing this. Very, very, I mean, you can count on your hand how many bands are getting rich off of it. Mm -hmm. Most bands that are working are working because they need to perpetually work to stay alive. Right. Uh, like anything, the same way you go to your 9 to 5 because you need your paycheck mm -hmm. on Friday, but if you stop working, everything would just fall apart. <laughs> exactly. And it's the same thing with a band. You need to keep working to keep it going and keep your head above water. So, yeah, it, it's a struggle, but, you know, it's with, uh, with music, nowadays it's a labor of love. If you don't love it, you're going you're gonna to feel that uh, pain even harder. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, speaking of, um, let's pay some bills. Where can people find your Merc and your albums and your records? Where can they buy them? Easiest place I want everybody to go to is AmazingDemonBoy.com. Now, that is my main website, and everything you need to find on me is somehow linked on there. There are links at the bottom to my SoundCloud page, my Reverb Nation page, my YouTube page, my Instagram. Everything, if you type in Amazing Demon Boy or Demon Boy Band, anything, variations of it, you will get it. Now, I mentioned before, we recently, just recently, like two months ago, um, people always did call me the Amazing Demon Boy. I, I was calling myself that. And it was just like said like when somebody was speaking it. And then I came to the, uh, the thought of, let me just brand myself with that now, Amazing Demon Boy. And uh, it worked. You know, we were like, I was a little bit like, I'm going to take this step, and either it's going to be a disaster and a pain in the butt to pull off, or it's going to work. And it just, you know what? It's like wasn't even a bump. Went, went right into it because everybody was already calling me it. So it's like I didn't get any questions on it. So we just rebranded everything. So if you go to Google and type in Amazing Demon Boy, you'll be it'll take you to everywhere, including all my download sites on Apple and Amazon. So it's very easy. And if you're and if you want to be lazy about it, you go to AmazingDemonBoy.com and everything is right there. And any place you want to go, if you want to buy a here, I'm wearing it right now. Ooh. Brand new. This is a tank top. It's summertime, so I'm wearing my summer gear. So we can get the Amazing Demon Boy. We can get um, anything in my merch. We have the comic books. His issue one, three, and here is issue two. So we have all all three comic books. Now you can write me personally on my Facebook page. I am the easiest, most accessible person, and I answer all my mail. So if you don't want to go through all the trouble, or you're having trouble with links, or you don't understand how to use your PayPal or whatnot, you can just write me on Facebook, and I will walk you through it. I'm a very accessible person. Wow. That's what's up. Y'all heard that, everybody. Go out there, get Demon Boy Murray. How <laughs> Demon Boy keep bringing us this good music and entertainment, y'all. See what else we got going on here? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this, this one isn't bad. This one isn't bad. I was on, I was talking to a friend about it and stuff, right? 
And um, yeah, I told her, I told her you're going to podcast and she actually would be here, but she's traveling. This. So I said, anything that you would like to know about like that. And she was telling me something about what we had spoke to earlier. She told me about an article that she had read about rock music and how here in the States, people say it's in a decline. But I heard overseas in Europe, there's still a big rock market there. Now, you've traveled. You've done shows here in the States. You've done shows overseas. Do you see any difference the way your music is received here versus over there? Yes. Uh, uh, there is a huge difference. Um, this has been something that uh, grew over a long period of time. Uh, the United States... There are a lot of bands uh, from here, like Wasp is one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. People, you'll see, wondering why isn't Wasp playing anymore. But if you go and read interviews with Blackie, he says almost what I say. We do way, way better outside of the United States. So when we first started traveling to, like, Canada and uh, the U.K. and other places in Europe – the uh, it was just a, a whole, like a whole other world. It was like it was like what it used to be in the eighties, as far as the scene was concerned. There were hundreds of people that would follow you from town to town. The same group of people. There are people to this day that write me and say, "I need to know your tour dates so I can book my hotel rooms." And I'm realizing that these people, you know, that are fans, um, are scheduling their vacations and things like that. And it just seems like a different mindset, and I, I don't even uh, fully understand it enough to explain why, but I can I can figure it out kind of. There's a lot of, you know, things here, like where I grew up, I grew up on Long Island in New York, and it used to be easier to get around. Now it's very difficult to get around. The traffic got bad. Uh, public transportation, people just don't want to get the hassle of having to drive two hours, and then maybe they want to have some drinks, and then they get worried, I don't want to drive home, yeah. drunk. And all of this leads to them just saying, ah, I'm not going to go. Mm -hmm. And they'd rather stay home and watch TV or what, play a video game. And that just seemed to just grow into the scene to where it was so hard mm -hmm. To get people to come out, it's you know. Plus, you know, with the invention, with the internet and everything, it's just like you know. Before, prior to that, you had to go out. When you <laughs> yeah. worked for a week, all you wanted to do was wait for Friday so you can what? Go out. Exactly. Now people want to sit at home and Netflix, and so you have to fight that. And the way I try to fight it is by having that entertainment show that makes it well worth the trouble of if you need to get to where I am, if mm -hmm. I'm in some bar that's hard to get to or whatnot, maybe you will get there. But it still seems like it's more of a struggle to do that here in the States than over in the UK. The, the fans there are, are very, very awesome. I mean, I love them to death. And we did so well over there. Every time we went, even the, like my first time everywhere was just this explosion of people coming out. And I did realize that a lot of it was because if you don't go there much, the expectation for you coming is greater. So, yeah, if they say, oh, he's not coming back for two years, they're going to be there. 
So it also helps me with my tour planning. I, I know that if I go somewhere, I know the fans are going to come out. But, yeah, it's sort of a sad uh, thing in events. But, you know, you got to roll with it. You just got to gotta figure out how to navigate the landscape nowadays in the music industry. It is very tough. And then you have to pay to play. You and I were discussing that earlier. I mean, I understand why there's pay to play. You got, you know, I'm against it. Right. But people got to understand, like, if you're the bar owner, you know, back in the 80s and stuff, bars were popular on their own. And it would be like, oh, everybody would go here on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Everybody would go here. Well, they don't, it's not like that anymore. Now, what it is, is they got to try to get an act into the club that people are going to come in. Now, the thing is, that act wants a certain amount of money to play. How yeah. do you pay them? The club doesn't have an entertainment budget. They're lucky they can pay their rent. So they don't have $1,300 to bring in my band and pay me. So what they got to do is go get five local acts, charge them $10 a ticket and say, you need to bring in 100 you need to bring in 100 you need to bring... So they can get that money and mm-hmm. pay the headliner. Right. So that's why there is pay-to-play. So I understand it, mm-hmm. but... It's just like when I grew up, it was different. It was just like bars were just like, come play my bar, and whatever comes in the door is yours. Right. Now, I can see them going back to that. If a bar is able, you know what, it's kind of like if you're going to have the bar, knowing that's the way it is nowadays, then you should put aside an entertainment budget or don't be in business because if you're just going to go and you're going to solicit these young bands and make them pay all this money so that – you, so they could play your club, so that you could pay your bills, but you're not going to give them anything back. Now, it's very rare. There are a couple clubs that if you do the $10 ticket presale, right. some of them will kick you back like 3 4 $5 of that mm-hmm. the night of the show. So you hand them 600 and they'll give you back two. Now, you're still losing money. Right. You're hoping to get that money back where, like I said earlier, at the merch table. Mm-hmm. That's why merchandise is very big, and with Demon Boy, that's why, you know, comic books, and I have a lot of merch, and I'm lucky that my character is like a cartoon character where um, I can sell a lot of merch. So, so like I said, some bands are able to pull this off, and some bands uh, struggle greatly with it, and then there are bands that the guys in the bands work nine-to-five jobs all week, and they can afford to do the pay-to-play. So, and they're happy because it's kind of like they're doing bucket list stuff. They're like, oh, right. this band's coming to town. Let's give them $600 to open up them so I can say that I opened up for this band. So it's just weird. It's just all over the place. But I do get a lot of times what, what I do is Demon Boy, we don't do traditional touring or traditional bar gigs. What I do is what we call pop-up shows. So I will either specifically do an event, a festival, or if I do go to Europe, I don't go for four months. I might go for four weeks just to four shows, five shows, or six shows and come back. And this way, I can balance that out financially to where we're not, you know, we're, we're gaining something from it. And with Demon Boy, sometimes it's just about the publicity of it that will, you know, if I pay Peter, I get something from Paul over here. So I I just learned – I learned how to balance that out. And a lot of bands have learned how to balance that out, and a lot of bands struggle greatly. So, again, it's just the landscape of the industry. Right. It's a long time to be away from home, too, for for you guys and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, and like I said, nowadays, um, nowadays people have bills to pay and things like that. You know, when we were kids, it was easy to get up and jump in a rental van and take off across the country. Um, uh, you know, because you didn't care. You would eat peanut butter sandwiches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You didn't care. But you know, when you get you get a little bit more mature, let's say like me, I like some creature comforts. Yeah, you know, <laughs> understood. <laughs> hey, David, boy, we getting down to it as customary. On the podcast, like um, let our guests some parting words. It could be anything you want, wisdom, things you think we may need to hear, we may need to know, or just something you want to get off your chest. What do you got for us, Steve boy? <laughs> Basically, I touched on this in a couple of uh, anecdotes I said earlier. Um, for people in the entertainment business or the an artist, whatever you are. Um, don't be jealous of other artists. Uh, don't feel you're in competition with anybody because nobody's in competition with anybody. You're in competition with yourself. The way the business, everything is, is you need to run your band or your artist, if you're a painter, whatever you are, like an independent business. Gain your own success and be happy with the success you will get. But if you try to compete your success with somebody you see that you think is doing better than you, you're just going to implode and you're going to be under stress. And I did that for years and I would get a little jealous and a little like, oh my God, and why can't I do this? And why, you know, I'm still like, I get people writing me going, why aren't you as big as Alice Cooper? Right. You're just Hell, I don't, you know, look, it's because I don't have the money to go, go on tour for six months. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I'll be honest, if somebody came to me and said, you know, here's 80 grand, I'd be off and on tour in Europe for five months. But I can't nutshell that money and, and, and just launch a tour with that without a, a financial assistant or an investment, which there is no more because there's no more record companies. So everybody, gain your own success, be happy with your own success, and do the best for yourself and be happy at, that you're – that your art is out there, and just grow that way, and um, you'll you'll eventually get what you want. You'll get that brass ring, if, and it, and a lot of times you got to stick with it. You know, if I I could have gave up five years ago or last year, and you know there were times that I questioned it. You know, do I want to keep going and keep trudging? But I'll be honest with you, um, I still don't feel I tasted what I want, so I'm still have the hunger for that, which keeps going. Plus, I'm very loyal to the people that have um, supported me, and I don't want to disappoint anybody. And, I, yeah, over these years, I have people, my drummer, Lightning Lou, who is one of the chief backers in the band with me, um, what am I going to do? I can't just quit next year and go to him and call him up and go, guess what? I'm done being Demon Boy. I'm you know, I don't want to break anybody's heart or, or be like, well, what, why did I support you or, or for all these years to see you just quit? So... That was a struggle I struggled with the last few years. And uh, you mentioned earlier, and I don't think I answered that. I know I get rambling sometimes. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> COVID and how that has affected me. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of needed the break a little bit um, because I was backed up on work, and I had uh, work with the merch and the comic books and things, videos that mm -hmm. I wasn't getting to because I wear a lot of hats being Demon Boy running, running the business. And I would forget to do stuff, and things would get months backed up, and things like that. And I was actually hurting myself. So this sort of 
luckily was a good break for me. I I could say because I get to stay in my home studio and get a lot get caught up on things that were getting so backlogged. So for me right now it's okay. I'm not hurting by not performing live right now. It ha I haven't tasted the hurt yet. I'm mm. sure it's going to be coming down the line where it's going to start yeah. to affect me. But <laughs> yeah. hopefully things will start to clear up and you know I can still do certain things. Like I haven't done some of the typical stuff. I haven't done one of the living room video performances yet. Mm -hmm. I haven't uh, done. Uh, everybody was doing them, and I, again, I'm I'm very outside. The outside of the box is what I always say. Mm -hmm. I'm very different, so I try not to follow trends or right. anything. So that's why you didn't. My, my fans have not seen me do that. Mm -hmm. But will I do something? I, it's possible. I might stand up in front of this sign right here. There you go. <laughs> one of my tracks uh, one day. You know, but like I says, I, 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 I always pick my moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Demon Boy, you are the best. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate um, your fans. What do you call them? Ghouls and ghoulettes? Ghoulies. And uh, sometimes we call them the demonettes and the demons, but they're all the ghoulies and the ghoulettes. Yeah, the Worldwide, uh, they're the best. <laughs> they're the best. We appreciate you so much. Don't go anywhere. Let me say goodbye to these guys and be right back. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of the Yambar Podcast. And man, I don't know about you guys, but I had a great time kicking it with Demon Boy. Let's say amazing Demon Boy. As usual, you guys, make sure you check out our previous Yambar um, podcast guest. And always remember that the Yampar Podcast is the place where you make it happen. Once again, Brian Barcelo hosted this episode out of here with Amazing Demon Boy. Peace, yeah. everybody. Peace, everybody. Thank you for having me on, guys. All right.